Hello, my name's Jack Howard, and welcome to The Screen Test, the show where we take some of our favourite films and TV shows and put them through a series of rounds to decide officially and definitively which is the greatest of all time. And this isn't just an opinions thing, this is science. Joining me on my quest is Chief Film Critic of The Independent, Clarice Lockery, critic and journalist Hannah Flint, and BAM, who is an armchair critic, voice of the people. That's right, man. I watch movies. I like movies. That's all we that's all we need here. So I was looking around for inspiration for what this first episode should be about and I saw Greenland starring Jared Butler has just come onto Prime Video, but instead of saving the world like he usually does, this time he's just sort of watching it blow up. If you are hearing this broadcast, seek shelter immediately. If you are hearing this broadcast, seek shelter immediately. I'm going to get my family to safety. Seek shelter immediately. I swear. Seek shelter immediately. It's got everything that you want from a disaster movie. Scenes of mass destruction, check. Incredible CGI, check. A hero saving the day against all odds. Yeah, Jared Butler, check. But what makes a disaster movie for you guys? Like that, I think we need to, more so than most genres, we need to decide what disaster movie means. I mean, the golden age for me is is the, the 70s and the 60s, Poseidon Adventure, where it's all about getting together this massive ensemble cast and, and to put them just in absolute peril where there is no control. And I think the lack of control is what's really important here because it's the idea of, of playing off that fear of, of, like, what do you do when you're in a situation where you are absolutely powerless? Hannah, what do you think a disaster movie is? What do you think it needs to have in order to be classed as a disaster film? Well, a really big disaster, I think. Oh, yeah. you can't get, <laughs> like, people need to die. Like, it, it, I think, you know, I get, I, you know what, I absolutely agree. What you're, I love what your sentiments there, Clarice, but I feel, you know, when I watch disaster movies, there's a, like you said, a big cross-section, good of, of society, these ensemble casts, like, there's so many people, you've got, like, the politicians, you've got, like, the guy on the street, you've got the alcoholic, you've got the woman, you know, there's everyone that you could think of in uh, in the cast to make it up, say, look, we're representing every single part of this society that's about to get blown up, or we're on an airplane, and actually all these people, from, there's a, the rich guy in first class, you know, stakes on a plane, disaster movie, if you think about it, I mean, that's double hit. And you also get Samuel Jackson saying motherfucking stakes on a motherfucking plane. Like, that's what you're kind of wanting. But I think, yeah, disaster movies have to have this big event that's seismic, something that is going to affect a lot of people. Um, you know, I love that you mentioned Poseidon Adventure, you know, Titanic. Again, that's one of the, I think it's one of the greatest ones. Because if, we, also, if we take it back, though, does, does, does Jaws count? As, as a as a disaster film like one of the first like iterations of things like Clarice no, is shaking her head because they blow yeah. the sorry spoilers for Jaws but they blow, <laughs> the, they blow the shark up at the end it's really easy yeah. you just blow the shark up and he's gone so you think that a disaster bam we'll get to you in a second I realise that you're just taking all this in <laughs> but I'm, I'm processing you think a disaster movie the human race in a way needs to lose well, it's, yeah, wow. It's I mean, an idea that not fight for your own people. <laughs> it's just an idea that you can't stop it. So, which is why I think for disaster movies, it almost always has to be either a natural disaster or something like a boat sinking, where the boat started to sink. You can't bring the boat back. Okay. Yeah, but I yeah, think, I... but I think just there, you know, yes, that they should be in some way unstoppable. And like, there is a massive loss of life. So people have to die. I think it's not a disaster movie if there isn't, isn't fundamentally that. Um, but I think also like with disaster movies, there has to be like the human element of it. Like you're all, I love it when there's kind of, 
you know, there's a separation, like this couple, they're supposed to be together, but then they're, you know, pulled one side and they're just trying to return back to each other. You know, Greenland, which I watch, it has that element to it, you know, Independence Day has that element to it. You know, even like Mars Attacks, they're like, you know, that one is an amazing alien invasion, which is affecting the whole world, right? Because it's a whole worldwide disaster. Lots of people are dying on it. So I think it's that kind of, how do we talk about something? How do we have a film where, you know, yeah, you've got the big action sequences. Yeah, you've got this kind of loss of life, but also the human, like fundamentally emotions and the heart of it that, that brings us together and unites us. And yes, you might think like, oh yeah, American jingoism, the uh, patriotism of, you know, Independence Day. But actually, I feel especially right now, where we're in this kind of pandemic, you know, having that hopeful vision of people overcoming these horrible situations, you know, you look at The Impossible, that film, that's a natural disaster, that's based on the real life on that tsunami. You don't want to see everyone perish, you want to have hope. And I think I don't disaster know. movies I, I want to see everyone perish. I'll be real with you. Like, it's not a disaster if you've got hope in a situation. Like, you can cling on to hope, but I want to see that hope crushed in front of you. I want to see people absolutely destroyed in a global situation. You don't even think people are going to get out of it in that situation. And I, I, I feel like, on the one side of things, natural disasters, 100%, it's got to be global. It can't just be, you know, Titanic's great, but that's a small amount of people, a small amount of rich people as well. Who cares? They're all gone. Let them sink, right? But if, if we're talking about the average person in peril, that's a disaster movie to me. I don't think the alien movies, like invasions, count so much because that's not so much of like a, a natural situation. But on the flip side of that, you could take something like Planet of the Apes, especially the recent ones, where it's like something that happens within the Earth, like some form of nature most of the time, actually overtaking humanity as itself because ultimately most of these stories are like oh the human element like the person surviving that's what we want to see because we're humans but I want to see the monkeys killing everybody because we've had our time we had our time on the planet and we <laughs> we we squandered it you know let them rise up and see what they can do with it that's that's the hope that I have when I'm watching it let the tornado win let Sharknado win let's see what they can do with the planet moving forward um is is a lot of my approach to what I think makes a good disaster because if not like if you have a solid amount of hope, then you're not feeling the effects of the movie enough, you know? I but really I feel- find this interesting that the, the, the controversial way of defining what a disaster film is, that, bam, you think it needs to be on a huge global scale and really has to be a natural disaster. Yes. Clarissa said lack of control. You said human lives need to be taken, but there needs to be hope in it. Let's, let's get specific now, though. Clarice, you start. Tell us what it is that you've picked and why it is that you've picked it. Yeah, so I, okay, I, I picked a slightly weird one because I think it adheres so much to what I believe the disaster movie is, so I think it counts. I picked Jeff Nichols's Take Shelter, uh, starring Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. And <laughs> the story is basically that Michael Shannon has a bit of a Cassandra complex where he can sense that something bad is about to happen, that a disaster is incoming. And he's trying to wrestle with, with the idea of, right, am I right? Or... Am I just, is this mental illness? Like, is this something inside of my own brain is conjuring this? So it's it's the idea of the disaster. It has all the emotions of these grand disaster movies like Poseidon Adventure, but it's basically all been concentrated inside of this dude's brain. I think that Take Shelter is a beautiful film. And I think both Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain deliver such delicate, 
truthful performances and i think it's an incredible exploration of mental health and how it can tear people apart but also the hopeful aspect where it can show you that communication is there within a relationship it could you can really fight through it and find somewhere hopeful out of it you can work through these sort of things together i think you're cheating a little bit because i think that take shelter is such a it's such a psychological drama Hmm. that it's not really about the disasters that are happening it's about I suppose it's a disaster happening in someone's brain. Well, this is the thing. It's like, I mean, I feel like it counts because there, I mean, there's lots of different interpretations. I would argue that it's pretty solid that a tornado does happen. (gasps) Oh, okay. Well, we need to get to that later. I think we should get too specific on your movie straight away because I want to get through everybody else's choices. I'm sorry. I went straight in. Immediately. I completely disagree with you, but let's talk about that in a bit. Hannah, what is your pick? (laughs) Calm down, Clarice. Well, I feel like this is an iconic giveaway, Independence Day, uh, which I will readily admit, it's a very basic plot. Just say it, it's rubbish. <laughs> how, how dare you, sir? It is about the aliens, are come out, they're coming and they're in, within two days, they're gonna decimate the, the human population. Because Mostly wanna- America though. No, but yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we can get into whether, you know, the whole American setting. It's an American made movie about American people. I mean, aliens have come from another planet, from another planet. And their whole shtick is, hey, we just come and colonize and use all your resources. And then we, you know, go somewhere else. That's their whole bag. Um, and So in a know, way, it is a sort of force of nature that they come and just and destroy. See, I just want to just just quickly just go back to like, you know, your what is a disaster movie? And this is also a defense of, of you, Clarice, as well. So I hope you appreciate it. You know, films nowadays and how we watch them, they're not pure, you know, they can have a crossover and they're subgenres, right? So the disaster movie, yes, that's the umbrella term, but you have, you know, you add the prefix, you said natural disaster, you have like, you know, alien disaster, you've got geostorm, weather disaster. Big monster. You know, yeah, you know, you've got monster, Godzilla's a disaster movie. Like, so I think it's like, if there's an, a disaster- If f- Roland Emmerich has put his name to it, it's probably a disaster Well, 100%, yeah. and, and I'm pretty sure the there would be no day after tomorrow if there was an Independence Day. So, I mean, he made both of them, didn't exactly, he? Exactly, exactly. So anyway, so Independence Day, aliens are coming. And like you said, there's a cross-section of people that we follow, an ensemble cast, and it's up to them to try and work out how can they um, stop these aliens from totally wiping the whole planet out. Starts on July 2nd, ends on July 4th, Independence Day for the win. <laughs> Bam, what have you chosen and why? All right, so I've gone with The Day After Tomorrow, which is pretty much like, you know, you've got Roland, same same director from Independence Day. He's had some time to think about it. He's gone, oh, you know what? Technically, Independence Day is more like an alien invasion movie than a natural disaster sort of disaster movie. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my fame from that. I'm known for doing big destructive stuff. I'm going to move forward. We're not going to have what if aliens attack Earth. What if Earth attacks Earth, <laughs> right? And that's his whole premise for this. But he did it at a point in time where we're talking about global warming and the effects that life can have you know if we had to live through the, our own our own repercussions essentially what happened if that all speeds up you know you've got Greta Thunberg in there saying thumbs up on this movie watch it go out there you you you, you need that to see what's happening review from Greta? yeah that's I, I saw it on her Twitter um so the thing about it is it's you know 
You've seen the movie. I don't need to describe you, you watching at home, you've seen this movie. And if not, it's the one where everything gets covered in ice because of global warming. But it's a disaster movie in, 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 its, in its purest form because we go through all of the good elements, you know? You like Twister, we've thrown in a bit of Twister, you know? You like seeing New York get destroyed, we've thrown in a bit of that. It's going to get frozen. It's, it's got a, a big mix across the board. And in this movie, he's taken a lot of inspiration where he's gone, yeah, fair enough, I did too much focus on America. I'm at least going to throw some Brits and other characters in across the world into this one. Um, so you get a bit more of a global response uh, to what's going on, which is essentially, you know, polar ice caps are melted and that, and then that causes a massive new ice age. We're now going to get on to the rounds. And the first one that we're going to do is a pretty simple and easy and pretty fun one. And it's the IMDb rating. So... I want us to try and figure out individually which one you think out of the ones that you've picked has the highest rating on IMDb and which one you think has the lowest on IMDb. And then whoever actually does have the highest rating will get the first point. So Clarice, going to come to you first. What do you think in terms of ranking, what position do you think they're in? I think Independence Day because it's so popular and it is quite... I'm. I'm shooting myself in the foot here by saying this. <laughs> but it's really popular and influential and everyone's kind of seen it. So I feel like that would have the highest score. I think Take Shelter, most people really love it, but it's a little bit of a weird one. So there's going to be detractors who go, it's too confusing. They did tell me the whole plot at the beginning and I didn't like it. And then I've, I'm sorry. I think day after tomorrow is maybe the bottom. Because okay, Hannah, Fair what enough. do you think? See, I, I think <laughs> I actually think Take Shelter would do better because I feel like IMDb is a more like has far more cinephiles on it. Who like I respect Take Shelter a lot, and I think it probably is like inched above independence day in that regard and yeah um i i don't think day after tomorrow i think day after tomorrow is last so i think it's take shelter independence day and then day after tomorrow bam uh, i'm gonna go independence day day after tomorrow and take shelter just because you two seem to be teaming up and i'm gonna, I'm gonna flip <laughs> I'm it up sorry it's not <laughs> simple as that okay well let's find out what it is alexa what does take shelter have on imdb Take Shelter has an IMDb rating of 7.4 out of 10. Alexa, what does Independence Day have on IMDb? Independence Day has an IMDb rating of 7 out of 10. So at the moment, Take Shelter 7.4, Independence Day 7.0. Alexa, what rating does Day After Tomorrow have on IMDb? The Day After Tomorrow has an IMDb rating of 6.4 out of 10. So there we have it. Clarice, you win the first point because Take Shelter has 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So you win the first round. I agree as well. I think that Take Shelter is the best one because it's, like I say, I think you're cheating a little bit. Anyway. No. <laughs> okay, so that means the first round, Clarice, you get three points for Take Shelter. Hannah, you get two points for Independence Day and bam I'm sorry you've got one point because you've gone with the day after tomorrow but the people have spoken yeah. IMDB has the final say on this first round hey what's Rotten Tomatoes saying are we, are we not getting a, a second <laughs> I think you'll opinion? do worse on there mate <laughs> <laughs> okay on to the second round now which is memorable scenes I want to talk about what it is in your film that you think stands out above everybody else's it can be as simple as just having one cool action scene that you'd love to watch over and over again it can be multiple examples of th that your film has but it has to be better than everybody else's so going to start with bam this time what is it that 
the day after tomorrow has in memorable scenes that everybody else's doesn't have. Can I be honest in this, yeah? Go ahead. Nothing. <laughs> like, like, I'm not even going to stand here and attempt to argue this one. Independence Day, take your points, next round. Um, <laughs> you genuinely... So I, I actually disagree. I think that the destruction and the, and the way that it's done in The Day After Tomorrow is better than Independence Day. I think that those hey, natural disaster things are better than Independence Day. Yeah, but you're talking about memorable scenes, yeah, not I, like good, like... Come on now. Come on. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Oh you my think God. I'm welcome to Earth. I almost forgot that or Will Smith punches an alien in the face. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, I, I actually, sorry, I'm taking your time, Bam, but I really struggled in picking just one memorable scene exactly. because. You've got the guy this that goes like this. Film, filled. Like, oh my God. Like, Randy Quaid. Like, sorry, you know what? Have you moved on? Is it on me now? Because you, you can take it. He literally is telling round. me to award you the I points. Mean, look, yeah. I mean, look. What that is. <laughs> That's what I'll, I mean. just, I'll just point at this and be done. But like that is one of the most iconic scenes ever made. Okay, but how about controversially then? There's a scene where Jeff Goldblum says "Must go faster," which is ripped straight out of Jurassic Park. Okay, sure, but. You know, doesn't that it, lose it for originality? No, that's like not an really, egg, because really, there's it? a bit. And then you, it has the bit just before that. It's like as the fat lady saying, "He's like, stop work, stop. Why do you care? You're obsessed with the fat lady." Like, there's so many ways. Or like Randy Quaid going like, "Hello, boys, I'm back," and then literally just going straight up into it and destroying it. There's so many. Ways. And I haven't even got onto Thomas Whitmore's goddamn speech, exactly. Which. I'm sorry, like, I know this is, like, the most Bam, American the jingoism thing you've ever heard, but I, t I still know the final lines of that speech. Do it for us. It's like, what is it? Oh, I said that. I said that. Now it's out of my head. <laughs> it's like, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We will go on. We will survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Mic drop. Done. Everyone's cheering. Bam! You're on the. You're losing. <laughs> you're currently losing. Hey, have you seen that guy's salute? Mate, no, that it's like I didn't even deliver it properly. Like <laughs> I'm not. I'm no Bill Pullman. I will happily admit that. But even that, like, there's so many. Like that moment is one of the best. Like presidential speeches delivered and yeah it's got all it's it's so american like come on i'm not even denying this is basically like but sometimes you this like is to make just america sort of great again that. what yeah. they want it to be like that's what they imagine it like you've got this ex-fighter pilot who's the president and suddenly you know he's he's an idealist and they thought he was going to be this fighting president but actually stupid bureaucrats in the bloody in his like team are kind of keeping him down and suddenly he's like right i'm getting in a plane i'm gonna go I'm going to go fly a plane. It's like the president is fine. It's best. Honestly, it's the best president in the plane since like, you know, Air Force, Air Force One. One like, I mean, it's just iconic. But the marketing for this film is probably the reason why it became like the biggest selling movie of 1996 because they did it so well. They bought a super, they, were, they spent like $1.3 million on a Super Bowl commercial, right? And they showed like, <laughs> it made such an impact. Like, you know, they have like Ebert and Cisco was talking about like how actually the marketing campaign, they released some of these. When you saw that, when you saw that image, it was so realistic. I mean, no, like 95% of it was actually just models. The sheer kind of technical achievement of this to it create has this. stood the test of time as well. Like it and still it, looks pretty good. It does. And that's the thing I think so amazing about it. I mean, when they, when they do that, I mean, Empire State Building, like white, the White House, seeing these, it was kind of scary. It was like, oh my God. It's incredibly that is so scary. Realistic. And I think yeah. now after, you know, 
9-11. Like, this was pre that. Like, seeing yeah. it now. Because like, actually, some of the stuff in Independence Day, it's a little bit tongue in And actually, with Day After Tomorrow, there's a bit of this. Like, sort of tongue-in-cheek. It's a little bit mm. It's a little bit funny at times when that sort of stuff is happening. Like, there's a, the bit in the Day After Tomorrow when the wave is coming towards somebody and he just goes, oh, crap. Like, it, there's yeah. a little bit of, like, silliness to it. Yeah. But actually, it's really difficult to watch some of the stuff that By happens. the way, that happens also in Independence Day. Harvey Firestein, you know, he plays, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum's boss and I love him because there's a scene where he's like he's like mom get just leave go to Adastas then he goes why have I just sent my mom to Atlanta and it's just like stupid little line but there's a bit in it where he's the fire's coming after they're just, just on the Empire State Building is it and he looks up and he goes oh crap and then he's suddenly blown up is it the same actor doing the same <laughs> joke I don't, I don't know I can't remember if he was in the same if he was in that movie as well but is it the guy who plays uh, Robin Williams's brother in a, Mrs. Doubtfire yeah he's got it's a very guy. Raspi- it's oh, the same there guy there we go he's Rowan doing I his love own it. movie. <laughs> Clarice, what yeah. about you then? And uh, how do you feel about the memorable scenes in Take Shelter? Well, do you want to talk about the end? I mean, I'll say this shot. This shot's really good in the movie. <laughs> 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 Beautifully rendered here as well. But do, do you want to talk about the ending? I feel Let, like all that's right. the... Memorable scenes, we'll talk about the ending. Clarice, explain what goes on and, and we'll have a chat. Okay, so I, as I, I've said, you've had this whole movie of this this sort of... Do you know the Cassandra complex? This is from Greek myth. It was this woman that the gods cursed that she could see the future, but no one would believe her. So that throughout the whole film, we have this sort of yes or, n- or no, like, is, is he actually predicting that this storm is going to happen? Is he correct? Or is, it, is this just some facet of his mental illness? Because um, he, his mother went through a, like a psychiatric crisis when she was around the same age. And so he's, he's really scared about that. Um, and so you get to about three quarters of the way through and I, I, maybe you disagree. I think there is an actual tornado happens because his wife wakes him up and says, right, it's time to go into the tornado shelter. Yes, so, so that, that, that bit, I think, does happen. Okay. So the, the siren does go off and they do go yeah. down to the shelter and then they come out of the shelter and there's a wonderful little moment there. Sorry to take over for this bit. There's no. a wonderful little moment when it's clearly about mental illness and something that he has to overcome himself where the dialogue literally says, no, you have to open this lock. I can't do it for you, which is very much like, you know, double meaning stuff going on there, which made me cry when I saw it because dealt with all that sort of stuff personally, like that been through my own battles. And that moment really rang true as a mental health thing. And then it got to the ending. And will you explain what, 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 well, this think? is the thing. We go through this whole thing of, of him opening the door to the shelter because he's convinced that the storm is still going and his wife is saying, no, it's over. I know. Like, we have been through tornadoes before. This is over. And and he gets through what seems like this massive breakthrough that he's able to open the door. He's able to go outside. He sees that the what was inside his head was actually just a delusion. Cut to, like, I don't know, actually know the time span. Is it, like, a couple of days, weeks later? Where they They're agree the that he's going to go to a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. That they should take some time before that and take a holiday. And and this is a holiday they'd been planning, but they didn't know if they could afford it anymore. But they yeah. decided to go. And this is, this is where the end scene takes place. On and so up until this point, we're like, all right, okay, this, this was mental illness. But, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we get to the very end. And, and they're on the beach. He's playing with his daughter. And and you start to see something in the background. It's the clouds that's starting to gather. And then you see like a little spire come down to the ocean. It's like a, a an, I don't know what they're called, ocean tornado. <laughs> <laughs> and and what is incredible is is then you, you switch to the shot of the wife, who's Jessica Chastain's character. 
and you see her recognizing what's happening. There's actually a beautiful shot of her where you can see the storm forming in the reflection, yeah, of, in the the reflection of the next door next to her. And, and the final line is just, I think it's just her being like, okay. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, so, so yeah, and, and they have the vision, some of the visions come true. So like the oil rain is like on her hands and yeah. So he's had these very specific sort of, of previsions that it would be raining oil. The clouds would form this this certain shape that's sort of like a giant kind of wave. And the birds act in a very the strange birds way. Would start flying around and and some of them dying. And so you see all these events starting to to come together, but we don't. We don't really end with the storm. We end with the wife just telling him, okay, yeah, like... And what is your interpretation of that? Well, I guess cause, <laughs> because I, I, I love the Cassandra... I'm, I'm a Greek history nerd, <laughs> and I love that myth, and I love the frustration of Cassandra because she spent her entire life, like, trying to warn people and trying to say, hey, don't do this, and just the fact that no one believed her. And so... I mean, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to apply definitive endings mm -hmm. to, to these kinds of films. I like to just leave it open in my brain. But in this case, I think I, I, I tend to lean towards this is really happening just because of how much the ending is focused on Jessica Chastain's reaction mm -hmm. and how much is it about her processing. I don't know. There's, there's so much weight in that word, okay, and yeah. in that look. I think that it's interesting... Go on, yeah. sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, I just, I just think it, it makes me think that, that, yeah, it's meant to be open, but her recognizing it is really important. Unless that you're going to take away from it that that entire beach scene is just in his head. It's just like, you know, none of it's happening. Well, I, I think there's, there's, there's many moments throughout Take Shelter where it's never clear at first whether or not we're in a dream or in reality, and it keeps yeah. blending between them in a way that only films can. And that ending, when I first watched it, when it ended, I was like a bit frustrated because it felt like it was telling me this was real. And then when I started to sit with it, it felt more metaphorical in the term of, I see it too now. Like I recognize the, the signs, I can mm. see it brewing and we're gonna deal with it head on now as a family. You don't need to go through this to, uh, on your own now. And I, it was, it was, there was a, a drop in my stomach when it happened because it felt like, oh, after all this time, he's been trying to warn them, and now they're not there anymore, and so he can't protect them anymore. There was a bit of that, but then alongside that, there was also this element of, oh, actually, it would render the whole film kind of pointless and sort of undercut a lot of the mental health stuff that meant so much to me if the storm was really real. To me, it felt much more like, we're going to deal with this now together. I see it with you and this is not a thing yeah. you have to deal with individually anymore. But can't it That's be both? Can't they Absolutely. have... It is both. It's yeah. like they've had... They, the, the actual heart of the story, I think, it is about his, his journey and his mental health, but I think it's also about the disconnect between that family because what I really love about it and what Jeff Nichols as a director is very good at doing, he's really good at, at, at making just nice families. <laughs> his whole crisis tears them apart in a way that is so heartbreaking. And so I think that's the thing. It, it, whether or not you believe that he's right or not, it almost doesn't matter. What's important is her recognizing it and her saying, okay, I'm with, yeah, as you said, I'm with you in this moment. We're together. That disconnect isn't there anymore. Like, that's... Okay, well, that was, that was great. I'm going to movie. award some points now. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bam predicted this from the start. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Independence Day is going to get three points. I'm going to give Take Shelter two points because I think that ending... And it's, there's a few other scenes in that as well, like the big 
um, argument, or well, not even argument, like the, the breakdown he has in public is a very memorable scene as well. I'm going to give that two points. And Day After Tomorrow, I'm going to give one point because there are some great moments in it and they are, they've stood the test of time in terms of like the CGI and pushing in terms of technically what's possible in film forward. But I think Independence Day just does it a bit better. And kind I like of gave that one away. It's a bit different. So, yeah. so that's what we've got. Let's take a look at the points at the moment. Independence Day and Take Shelter are neck and neck with five points each. And Day After Tomorrow, only on two points. Bam, you've got to stop like, giving your arguments away to the other film. I think yeah. you've got to argue for your one no matter what. Even if you do believe it's not the best. Hey, I, I, Yeah, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next round is Craft. And now we come to the catch-all round. So here we can discuss anything behind the camera and what went into making it as good as it is, be that cinematography or score or VFX, anything about it that you think separates it in terms of the way it was produced from the other films. And Hannah, I'm going to start with you on this one. I mean, I've already mentioned, I feel like the, the crowning glory of Independence Day is the visual effects. It won an Academy Award for visual effects and like if you just just reading up on what went into it I mean like I said before like 95% of this was practical effects they had like only there's like uh, there was like 4,000 different they create scale models to achieve these shots so they'd have it they'd have the cameras set up and they actually employed like six different via visual effects companies to create uh, to create it they were all working in tandem you know the digital people coming in you know it's just such an amazing like kind of endeavor uh, uh, an effort and this film costs like 100 mil which is a lot but if you consider like how much goes into marvel movies that most of it is kind of cgi whereas this is actually like people setting up physically it's nice to have it. that in a movie especially yeah. when we're used to now it's why christopher nolan you know, gets such a, a, a celebration and the Mission Impossible yeah. movies get such a celebration for doing things well, practically when it's so easy yeah. now to do things in, in post-production. Yeah, it's like what Werner Herzog said when he was doing uh, Mandalorian. He was like, use a puppet, you cowards. Like, yeah, he's like... He's <laughs> I, like I love much. his quote where yeah. he says like, I mean, it's not about visual effects, but when he's saying, I believe that storyboards are the instruments of cowards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. I mean, and you know, talking about like the aliens, I think the aliens are proper scary. <laughs> um, and the way they looked and they were real as well. Like, you know, you felt it when Will Smith punches him in the face. So you see it, it felt real and i think what to be able to do that in 1996 you know this is 25 something years 25 years ago now like that was just i think an amazing achievement it took what jurassic park had done and sort of amplified it just sort of just took it up to 11 the idea of like combining visual effects with practical effects and i agree i think it holds up bam what do you think about the day after tomorrow I think, right, I, I will 100% take, like, you know, without Independence Day, you wouldn't have Day After Tomorrow. But because of that, everything in Day After Tomorrow, like, having watched it recently in preparation for this, yeah, it doesn't look out of place in 2020 as far as, like, the whole of 2021. Of, like, yeah, like, 2021 even. We're in the future now. Um, like, it looks so good, and it's taken that idea of, like, there is practical, there's, they're definitely on some huge sets with what they're doing, but it's seamless in between. Like the wave is is a little bit shaky, but you know what? Overall, near enough, every effect they went for in that, even the wolves at the time, like where they go into like the CGI wolves and stuff, it looks incredible. Like it looks so, 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 so good. So like, I, you know, thank you to Independence Day for paving the way, but the perfection was in this movie. Like, you know, they moved it 
forward completely and and use the fact that they're a little bit like a few few years on to really just like play with all of the CGI that they used in it. Um, but like you know, transforming the whole of New York into like this ice age like landscape is done so perfectly like across it. Like it looks so so good. So that 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 that's definitely in its bag. Like as far as like the effects go and stuff. Um, the story, the heart of the story, it's it's a father-son story, you know? As someone that didn't have the greatest connection with my dad, wished he was around a lot, that is a tale that many people can relate to, and they, they really did a good job. Yes, it's a bit crazy for a dad to be like, you know what, I'm going straight into the heart of the storm to find my son. But at the same time, it's it's It's, it's a, a story, it's a metaphor. Yeah, it's the power of love, um, which, you know, as you guys have said, it's about... Oh, if you want that hope and stuff, that's where the hope is. It's not saying everyone's going to survive or anything like that. It's just one man being like, I'm going to try to get my son out of this. So I think like it has a very solid story in comparison to its uh, predecessor in the sense of Independence Day. But I just think like you can't give it too much, but you can also give it... It looks like... Like I'm saying, every time I'm trying to recycle, I have a little vision... (laughs) <laughs> of oh no but what if the storm hits and I also really like the fact that it's a few years after Final Destination but a lot of the sort of disaster elements that they threw in have a bit of a Final Destination feel to it in the way that it takes people out which I thought was like a nice influence in a way um, so there's some really like good personal moments like where the dude's looking out at his um, he's like you're in the middle of the storm and he's like watching it on TV and the guy tries to get in his car and then that truck just comes flying over and crushes him. There's loads of moments like that where the dude's hanging into, into the um, mall and he just like cuts himself like selflessly so they can go on. There's loads of great moments like that tied in with effects that really pull it in together. Clarice, what do you think that Take Shelter has in its craft department that makes it stand out? I mean, just to, to pick on one thing, I think the editing is really what kicks it up a notch by... Um, Huck, Greg, I believe, because I think Take Shelter, you have to be inside that guy's head to really understand like the dynamics of what's happening and to emotionally sort of connect with what's going on because it is quite abstract if you're looking at it from five steps away. Um, And so what's so beautiful about this movie, you kind of mentioned it before that the the line between what is reality and, and what is either his dreams because sort of the repeating idea is that he keeps having these horrible nightmares that are are showing the future but then also sometimes he has moments where he seems to be awake but then there's something not quite right and and there's a lot that I think we as an audience aren't noticing necessarily even the way that the other characters are framed just so that the camera sort of carefully steps around them. So it, so it's not obvious that maybe they aren't noticing what he's seeing. Uh, like, I think there's one there's one moment where he's with his work buddy and he looks over and he sees all the birds circling and they're creating all these weird shapes. But they really, maybe this is more of a... I actually don't thing. think they show the birds in that scene. I think in I'm that scene, in the, I think this is, I'm complimenting oh, it. I think in, I think um, in yeah, that scene, in the editing, you can place that in. But he, I think you see him say... Have you ever seen birds move like that? Because you hear the birds. Yeah. I think I'm God. I'm misremembering it. <laughs> this is but isn't, that's the, that's the genius of the, the sort <laughs> of the is, difference yeah. between being in a dream or being in reality is that you remember it in a specific way as well. Yeah, and also like what I really love about the scene is that the work friend they've they blocked him just that he's behind the machine so that there's no way that he would be able to see what's happening over there. And so it's something so subtle that you watching the movie are not going to be like I noticed that he's standing there. But 
you are just sort of subconsciously taking all of this in. And so then we get to this ending. I think it really leaves you open to, to be able to decide on your own whether you think it's true or not, because you've been given the evidence subconsciously. <laughs> and so you feel prepared to go, yes, the storm is real. No, the storm is in his head. And I, I don't know. I really I love that kind of filmmaking. I love the unspoken stuff because I think those are the things that really move us. It's really easy to just write a big old speech where um, this isn't a diss of Independence Day. <laughs> Honestly, Clarice, I should keep count on Help how many times it's coming out. Please do. not intentional. That was not intentional. But I'm just saying, like, he could have had, like, a big old speech being like, this is what I see and this is what I experience. But you see so much of it just through his reactions and way the, where the camera is. And that's enough. That's enough, baby. I am struggling to decide what to do here because I there's no doubt that the craft of Independence Day in terms of a technical achievement is fantastic. And I'm a big fan of stuff like that. It won an Academy Award. For visual yeah. effects, I'm sure. <laughs> but I think the craft of Take Shelter in terms of the way it's written, directed, acted, shot, edited, I think the craft of Take Shelter is, in my opinion, stronger overall to tell a better story and, and to be, in my opinion, a more enjoyable movie. So I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to say Take Shelter's got three points. It's just a better movie. What can I say? Day has two points. And I'm so sorry, Bam. Wow. But nah, I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to see what's going on here. Test again? Oh, it's very scientific. I'm starting to see what's going on here. It's cool. It's cool. I'm fine. I'm, guys, I'm okay. Lay over till the fat lady sings. No, because it might be over. It might At the moment, the leaderboard. Day after tomorrow on three points. Independence Day on seven points and Take Shelter is on eight points. So it still can be pulled back. And you never know, I might pull out some random points at some point. Who knows what I'm going to do? It's chaos. The next round is cast. Now a cast can make or break a film. So I want to know why your cast, ensemble or not, is the best. And we can talk about specific performances. We can talk about casting choices, anything to do with the actors in the film. Bam, take us away. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I mean, that's the answer, though, isn't it? Like, that's, <laughs> Sorry, that's it really is. I just I feel like you should just get a point for Jake Gyllenhaal. Because yeah, can we, can maybe a little bonus point for Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Honestly, can we yeah, do that? 100%. Um, other than that, like... Is everybody uh, okay with that? Little bonus I point? I endorse yeah. any points for Jake Gyllenhaal. I endorse I Jake him. Gyllenhaal. <laughs> right, so Bam's already got a point, so he's, he's, already, he's already winning. I'm, I'm not winning, but we're... we're <laughs> It's, it's, it's getting close. I just um, need to give you any hope you can get. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it at this point as well. So, um, yeah, no, overall, right? No, I wasn't personally too familiar with the cast at the point in time, but that kind of works in a movie like this for me because it shows me that this could happen to anyone at any time. I don't like seeing, like, if, like, like, like we said about, like, you know, you see Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum in the film, things are all right. You know, they're, they're, they're going to come out on top. We're doing point. all right. Um, you you see some people... if you know that Jeff Goldblum's going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know he's going to make it. The paycheck says he's, he's going to make it. Um, yeah, exactly. And Will Smith is out here punching aliens. I think he'll be all right. Um, so overall... That's how he greets the aliens. Yeah. That's the first experience you know what? he has. This is really unfair. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about this as we're watching it in 2021. In 1996, Will Smith was not a leading man. Jeff Goldblum, like these Had were... Had he done Men in Black? Yeah, exactly. No, Men he'd done it afterwards. Right. Okay. I will get to this, but I am ready to come for you. For all that. right, but no, I mean, to be I mean, fair... It like, doesn't need to be a one thing at a time thing. Everybody okay, else can jump like, in. Okay, right. Will you know. Smith, that was he got 
he that is his breakthrough leading man film. Once he did Independence Day, right? He did Bad Boys with Mike Lawrence just before. He did Independence Day. Suddenly he gets Men in Black. Um, but he's, he's still the Fresh and Prince. His, and he's, he's, he did Fresh Prince, but his break that's TV. His breakthrough and comedy. This, yeah, this is a big that's budget. It. His big. He did Six Degrees of Separation, and that's how Roland Emmerich spotted him. It was like he liked him in that. Not a major big big movie, but he liked him in that. And then suddenly that took him to leading. Like that's why he was asked to do. That's why they wanted him for the Matrix because he was you know and thank god he said will no smith. to that yeah but then you know and then suddenly now like will smith has become this like leading man especially on sci-fi like i mean he did i robot i am legend like you know the independence day established him as a charismatic hero and also just the fact that he cast a, a black man to play a hero at that time not just a black man you've got jeff goldblum a jewish guy so you've got a black guy and a jewish guy saving the day how like amazing is that to see in 1996 because you know we think we're getting progress and you think 90s it was, it was quite a while ago and actually it was such a progressive move i mean harry connick jr is in that movie he plays like a side note he is the all-american guy that you would you'd expect in this film right but no they they cast these two guys so yes i get it now it's like well of course will smith you know and jeff Goldblum. you watch now of course it'll be okay but back then you're like oh these are new guys. I wonder if they'll save it. I day. don't know if I can say that Jeff Goldblum yeah, was Jurassic a new Park, guy. Isn't it? But Jurassic Park, yeah. yeah. But bam, I'm I'm coming to I'm fighting in your corner a little bit here because Jake Gyllenhaal had just done Donnie Darko a few years before. Yeah, he this. was in a similar position. Like you know, like this is this is like I'm not going to say this is the movie that elevated him up there, but at the same time, it really put him on the map. You know, as as a lead in a in a fairly big movie, like in the same way that it happened for Will Smith. Like, it's the same thing right here. Um, and as I said, like, the fact that I personally didn't know too much of the cast only made him stand out more. Because I'm like, wow, Don Donnie Darko's out here, man. He's surviving this. I can't believe it. Um, what do you think about Dennis Quaid, though? Because don't you think he's a little bit of a poor man's Harrison Ford? Hey, he's a little bit like we, we, we called Harrison Ford. You're right, but he didn't answer. Um, <laughs> so, but you know what? He, he does a good job. He's, he's, he does a good job of being like a defiant scientist and plays his role very, very well. Um, and just as a little thing for the future episode that we're going to shoot, yeah? Remember the name. That's all I'm going to say. Remember the name. Clarice? Well, I I think Take Shelter is one of my favorite uses of Michael Shannon. <laughs> he's so good. He's always so good. He's brilliant in everything. He's the only good thing about Man of Steel. That is true. But he kind of has two modes, right? There's, there's the Michael Shannon, I'm going to murder you mode. <laughs> <laughs> I am your future killer, Michael Shannon. But then he's also really good at like playing a super nice dad. I don't know if you've seen Midnight Special, which is mm. also Jeff Nichols. He plays the sweetest dad ever. Like I just want. Michael I also Shannon really like him dad. in Nocturnal Animals. I think that's my favorite um, Michael Shannon performance, where yeah. he's got both of those things going on again. Where he's like he's a sweetheart, but like he's scary. No, he's definitely a guy who could, could definitely like wrong. If he's catch him on a bad day, he'll straight up murder you. Like he's he's on the edge. He's on he's on like that that yeah. knife point of yeah. I'm a really cool suburban dad, but actually I've got a deep secret and I'm holding it in. <laughs> and actually, get me, yeah. That's I feel Michael Shannon plays that line so well. I think my question here is: Do any of these characters, like for example, is this anyone's favorite Will Smith or Jeff Goldblum performance? Does it out? Because I think that the cast in Take Shelter lifts it. To it, like if it was a different cast, that film just wouldn't work. Like, I think that's right about Independence Day. I do think you think so? Every single person in that cast was picked purposefully. Like you know, like I said, Will Smith has that. I think one of the great things about 
as a as a disaster movie goes it's so funny like they they every single person that who's meant to be funny it's got great comedic timing you know them two as a buddy jeff goldblum and will smith are great together every single person that got cast in this movie really lifted and created so it for me definitely it's one of those films where they work together, their, their, their strength is in that ensemble. If it was just focused on Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum, I think we might have been a bit bored, but having that break and going to all these different people really worked. And also, like, Jeff Goldblum has never been more attractive to me than wearing a white vest. Are you joking? Yeah, what about I mean, lying shirtless in Jurassic Park? You can't beat that. No, no. He, the haircut, the glasses, the beaded necklace, the white vest, the plaid shirt. Jeff Goldblum, call me. Um, but <laughs> in 1996, now I'm okay. Clarice, oh, oh, we haven't heard enough about Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon. And, and Jessica Chastain. Michael Shannon. Well, I think the thing with Michael Shannon is that you've got these two modes, and and yeah, like he combines them in other movies, but I think it is best combined here because it's all leading up to that moment where he's in the the canteen or the dinner place, and he just flips out and he goes, "There's a storm coming, and none of you and." This is so interesting because up until this point, he has been the, the gentle, loving dad, the midnight special dad. But you can feel it like bubbling. <laughs> you bubbling, can feel bubbling. something there. And then the snap and his eyes look like they're going to pop out of his head. <laughs> it is such a magnificent, like incredible piece of acting. And it's, is it my favorite? I'm going to say it's my favorite Michael Shannon scene just for this so I can win. It's probably <laughs> not true. <But laughs> and, and, and it's, uh, and because he's such a brilliant actor, but I think Jeff Nichols really knows how to use him. And then to have Jessica Chastain, who is such a soothing presence to me. I mean, I know that she sort of plays around and she's she's really adaptable and she can do loads of different characters. But for me, the sort of the baseline Jessica Chastain state is lady kind of in charge of the situation. She knows what she's doing. Like, let's all be chill. Jessica Chastain's here. So I think having her so kind of throwing her energy into that so that for so much of the film, she's really trying to be the supportive wife and, and she's really trying to be there for him. But when you see her start to crack, it's like, Oh man, if Jessica Chastain's in trouble, we're all in trouble. Like, if she's having a, a struggle, like handling this, like that's it's a big problem. And and it's that's the thing. I think it, it's it's not just about having two great actors at the center of this. It's the way that they have been cast and the way that they've been utilized to create this perfect dynamic between like husband and and wife. Okay. I know that people are going to get annoyed at me in the comments, but I don't care. This is my show and I get to decide. Take Shelter gets three points. I think that Independence Day works, but I think, and I think it makes makes it funny and I think they add an an element of charm to to the film. But I think the the selling point of Independence Day is look at things blow up rather than... (sighs) the cast and what they're going through and the dynamics between them. I don't particularly find it memorable that Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith teamed up. I don't particularly care. Uh, And bam, (laughs) I'm sorry, you do get an extra, so you get two points as well because we got an extra point for Jeff, for Jake Gyllenhaal being in the film at all. It's good enough. Is this, a, is this a rule for every episode? If your movie has so. Jake Gyllenhaal in it, you just you get an extra point. I, I think know. so. I think we can make that a thing. Can we make I that a thing? It. Yeah, we'll make that a thing. I love it. <laughs> Let's take a look at the points. At the moment, Day After Tomorrow is on five points. Independence Day is on nine points. And Take Shelter is on 11 points. And that leads us now into the final round, which is cultural impact. And it's a big one. How did your film 
change the landscape of cinema as we know it? Did it inspire an entire genre? Did it spark a trend? Did it kick off or revitalize a career? Did it coin a phrase or even change filmmaking forever? Whoever wants to speak first, go. Take the floor. Not me. Sparks confidence. I feel lulled into a false sense of security here because I feel like each round I'm like, no, this is, I mean, it's in the bag. But now I'm like, I don't know, is independence though? have a cultural impact and yes it does actually it really does i feel like if i don't get full marks for this i will i will close you're gonna my come laptop. to the other room i will, I will come angrily and beat me close up. my laptop and and keep social distance but i will be uh. anyway right let's get to it okay independence day the cultural impact of it i mean first of all that that is one of the most culturally significant shots it did change the way disaster movies were made, right? After that, you got Deep Impact, Armageddon, uh, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. Even if you look at like MCU, this, these images of mass destruction showed exactly what you can do in film, showed you the capabilities, not just with practical effects and, uh, and kind of with models, but it also it inspired people to actually push the marks and push the boat out and create these big event cinematic theatrical experiences that you watch in IMAX now, right? Also, right, Legacy, Will Smith, as I said, it launched him as a leading man. Uh, he'd done Bad Boys, he'd done Six Degrees of Separations just before Bad Boys. Obviously, it was good with Martin Lawrence, but really that cemented Will Smith as someone who could carry a film. Like I said before, the Super Bowl commercial, people started investing and spending money on Super Bowl commercials after witnessing the success it Interesting. got. Interesting. Like, after it, it paid so like... it changed film marketing. Yeah, because they did such an amazing campaign. And after that, suddenly, you know, a lot of people credit the marketing campaign for how successful, you know, recently we saw The Meg, how well that did and how, you know, a film that critically people don't love. I mean, I love it. We could do a whole thing on shark movies. But it did really well. I think what Fox did as a marketing team to create all these kind of like infomercials work partnerships with apple and stuff it really changed the face of that and really influenced the way we, we you know films are marketed nowadays so there's three things of the cultural impact and legacy of independence day okay chris i think you've got the hardest job here <laughs> so because you've picked the smallest most independent of Can films I so i i'm gonna just let you go last and bam i'm gonna come Thank to you, you now talk, talk to me about it day just, after tomorrow it changed you know quite quite like the movie it changed the landscape of disaster movies moving forward, you know? You, I'm not gonna say that's necessarily uh, the best thing because we get a lot of sort of um, bad disaster movies moving forward where they're like, what if the world attacked the world? You get like Geostorm and 2012 <laughs> and things like that, right? But at the same time, that is, a, you know, a compliment to the film itself that it actually started to take what was a reality, a potential reality for us also, right? If, yeah, the polar ice caps do melt, and this movie becomes a reality, then this is one this category, like without a doubt, because it will have the most cultural influence that any movie ever had, because we will all mostly be frozen over. So technically, if that does happen, then I've won this round. Wouldn't it be more of a cultural influence if that didn't happen because people watched the movie and were like, actually, we don't want this to happen. So guys, yeah, climate but change like, is but, a real thing. But it's because that movie proves that most humans are idiots and won't listen to proven <laughs> science. So technically, it will have had that influence anyway. Interesting. But I do agree. It's an interesting angle to take on this, fam, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, look, sometimes when you're already on fire, you just got to run through the, the wind, you know, and catch your blaze. So essentially, like, you know, we got a whole bunch of really bad disaster movies following on. Again, it pushed the scale upwards. It made us think about, like, again, pushing towards this sort of, like, you know, disasters don't have to be these, like, um, you know, 
catastrophic events that we don't have control over. It can be effects that we, we as people are creating around us, you know. And I think it took a point in time where global warming was such a big topic and it still is today you know but they were really like okay we're going to show people how this can go and i think that in itself has a massive influence on 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 the average idiot like i'm saying if you're someone like me now that anytime you think maybe i shouldn't recycle maybe maybe we should stop using fossil fuels etc etc you think about day after tomorrow yeah i think about that it's, it's in there you know so if it's if it's done that to enough people out there then that's a that's a greater cultural influence you know than what? any other movie i respect this angle so clarice you are fighting a losing battle here with, with Take Shelter. I mean, I love Midnight Special and it meant that he could make, Jack Nichols could make Midnight Special. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I think, I think Take Shelter was kind of part of this emerging trend of, that is really popular now, of the sort of like low budget, open-ended, highbrow sci-fi sort of, I know it's not really sci-fi, but sort of like genre tinged indie movies that are drama but with a genre t- like it's definitely not the first one so i'm really <laughs> fighting a losing battle here and i mean it kind of helped michael shannon blow up in the semi-mild way he has <laughs> ah, this is really hard um yeah it's okay Right. I tried. You did. Look, it was I not going to be... Was it was in your fail. category. You've done so well in all the other categories. Okay. Independence Day. Day after tomorrow. Take shelter. All right. I really like Bam's angle about thinking about angle. things, thinking about the movie whenever he wants to recycle. I think that was a good angle to take. I actually really respect that yeah. as well, Bam. <laughs> all right. Okay. Hannah, I'm going to give you your wishes. You get full marks for this. It's I think not you my are. wishes. It's the objective side. I think it is true. I think it is the truth. <laughs> I think it. Is. I think it has the most cultural impact. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. I think that it pushed visual effects forward, but it also did change the landscape of what a blockbuster could be. Um, it did do that. Bam, yeah. you're in second place. Hey, but not in points. the game. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think that Day After Tomorrow especially pushed forward what is possible with visual effects. And Jake Gyllenhaal, always Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, and Clarice, this is just not your round. You're never going to get an independent film that's going to have this much cultural well, impact. If really, maybe more people from after this video watch it. I'd love that. It to might be just a- become the number one film maybe. in the world. <laughs> I'm so. Hey, look, these things happen. People watch things on home ends, and suddenly exactly. they're. It's a cult classic. That's all I'll say. Okay, the final results. It's interesting. Day after tomorrow is on seven points, hey. but we're at a, a tie. Take shelter and Independence Day are both at twelve points each. I just gave me a virtual high five. <laughs> so we need a tiebreaker, and luckily, I've got a game planned. Okay. It's called Unbox the Plot. <laughs> Unbox the plot. So Unbox the plot. that's it, my jingle. Thank you very much for that. I'll use that every time now. <laughs> and so basically, the rules are very simple. I have four clues in here, four props, and you have four chances to guess what film from the disaster movie genre that I have picked. You ready? Do we just shout it out? I yeah. think shout it out when Is you're it ready. one per object or are we just yelling movies? <laughs> yeah, you only get you don't get to just like Bambi. You no, yeah, exactly. You don't get to do <laughs> okay. that. That's not okay. the, that's not the case. Okay. You get to ha- you've got to take this seriously. This is very okay. serious, as I've said, scientific mm. business. Born serious. Okay, let's do it. Oh, it's a bit ASMR, this, isn't it? the plot everybody let's do this the first clue sorry you're leaving a going away card 
Any ideas? Sorry, you're leaving. Go away, God. You don't get to just like have several guesses. If you, I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to say is I'm going to say that if you make a guess and you're wrong, you don't get to make a guess on the second. Wait, is it? It's a disaster yet. movie, right? It's a disaster movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool, okay cool. I have a guess. Clarice, are you going to guess on Sorry You're Leaving? Is it Armageddon? No, it isn't. <sighs> um, you see what I mean? You see what you try and guess too early. You try and be cocky, and this is what happens. Now you don't get to guess on the second prop. Oh, okay. That's my rule. I've just made it up, <laughs> and that's what we're doing. Okay. So, Hannah, this is just for you now. Oh, God. Okay, I've got four, though, haven't I? Three. More. What is it? Statue of Liberty. It's the Statue of Liberty. Um, sorry, leaving. Statue of Liberty. If you haven't got any guesses, we can go to the third. Uh, we can go to the third prop, okay. and then Clarice gets to guess again. Oh, um, and uh, then if I get it wrong, I, do you I can't don't get to... exactly. Okay. Um, disaster movie. Oh, this is really hard. Uh, no, I, I can't. All right. Okay. I'm gonna wait. Okay. Sorry you're leaving and the Statue of Liberty. People in the comments are probably going crazy right now. I think like, I know what it is, but I can't say anything. Um, mate, keep it in your head. I'm expecting honesty from you. Don't change your answer. This is what happens. You think you're it's so smart here. and then you do a game show game and then you become <laughs> the stupidest person in the world, which is what's okay. happening to me right now. This one, right? This is uh, as soon as you as soon as you see it, you gotta say it because I think this Wait, might get Wait, I need away. my glasses. This is the third. This is the I'm third. I'm scared. Quote. Don't four, build it so up because I'm so not don't gonna shout figure it out, it out if you don't know it for sure. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's a video camera. Oh, I know it. Cloverfield. Hey! Oh! So we've got a going away card because that's what it starts with. It starts with a going away party. Yeah. Yes. It even says inside. I thought I was. I was gonna say. I Good thought it was gonna be. Good luck your new job be... in Japan. Oh, there you go. I thought I didn't it want to read that out. Godzilla. I ah. I, at first, because it's because the statue living in New York, statue but the Matthew Liberty. the Matthew Broderick one, right? I thought it was going. And I was so like, so another no. Royal and Emmerich one. No, I, I try to forget about that. <laughs> but the fourth the fourth clue would have been four leaf clovers. Oh, oh there you go. Bam. Yay, what did you think right. it was? The, yeah, Cloverfield. Did you? Hundred percent. All right. <laughs> I'm going to trust very you, man. real and convincing voice. Yep, that was, that's what... It definitely wasn't Planet of the Apes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted this to be. I wanted this to be confusing. That would actually be a really good one because he goes away and he comes back and it's like... To the Statue of Liberty, right? That's what yes. I thought it would... Yeah. Because I was trying to think of somebody who had an actual card in a movie. And I thought, do they, do they leave... You've got like to think more abstractly. I see. Yeah. This is it. Okay. It's a good little game, right? Yeah, it works <laughs> I, I love it. I won. Well, Hannah, congratulations. You are the first official winner of the Screen Test Award. I'm going to pass it to you now through time and space. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I mean, it's so good. Like, I cannot believe you managed to get that to me so easily. Socially distanced uh, prize giving. I love it. It's going to sit proudly on my toilet with some... On the toilet? Yeah. People have to pick it up Yeah. when they need the loot. I say people, I live on my own, so me. <laughs> me. Just, oh, me. Just a nice reminder every time. Well, congratulations. You. You're the first winner of the Screen Test <gasps> Award. Yay! It's official. Independence Day is the greatest disaster movie ever made. That Yay. is scientifically proven, at least yep. by the Screen Test and Hannah. Facts are facts. <laughs> <laughs> but we also want you to have your say as well, so leave a comment below or tweet us at Prime Video UK to let us know your favourite disaster film. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll be back next week to fight over the best sci-fi film ever made. So hit the like button and subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. Bye!